just sit back and uh, pour a cold one. And it's Thursday night. You're listening to Kayak Fishing Radio. I'm Chip Gibson, the tree hugger. And uh, we are, it's kind of quiet, but uh, what a lovely day here in the ATL. Temps have uh, come up and spring has sprung. Happy first day of spring. Officially started sometime after lunchtime today. And that's it. Well, let's take a look at the uh, what the weekend weather is supposed to look like here. Huh? As always, we uh, like to use uh, SpaghettiModels.com. And, yep, that's exactly what it looks like, Spaghetti Models. Lots of string and stuff all over the place. But today's forecast, we've got a couple of high-pressure areas influencing the southeast and the Midwest. Some lows up in the uh, New England area. The fronts have all moved offshore. Maybe tomorrow we see an occluded front coming in through the Midwest. So you're probably going to see some rain, Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri, maybe down Panhandle of Texas. Three-day forecast, we're looking for some rain, cold front kind of moving through the southeast. So... It's be nice on Saturday. So hopefully everybody can get out and uh, do some fishing. Uh, let's see, five day, yeah, not too bad. Tomorrow looks good. Two days, yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll see some uh, fishing. Maybe uh, maybe Sunday here. It'll be nice. Go down to the uh, to the pond and. Uh, See if the crappie are up on the beds, maybe a couple of bass or two. We do uh, get into the sweet water every now and then. But that's uh, that's kind of it for, for the weather. Let me see here. I'd like to start talking uh, about the, uh, I'd like to do a little thing. Heroes on the Water is... Uh, one of my favorite uh, charities here. Heroes on the water. And they've got a new website up, heroesonthewater.org. If you haven't seen it, stop by, check it out, look at the about. And it's all about uh, supporting the service members. Come back, need a little help. 78% reduction in overall stress, 77% in hypervigilance, 63% in avoidance behavior. So the reduction in all that, get the guys out on the water. Rehabilitating kayak fishing outings, lots of community effort, volunteers, donors. It's great. Chapters all across the United States. And let's see here. We've got a bunch of them down in Florida. We just got one. I think they're getting a chapter in Panama City, Jacksonville, Florida, Pensacola, over in Texas. There's a couple. We've got some up in Washington, Vancouver, all up the eastern seaboard. So Check out their uh, chapters. Might be one near you. Look at the website, heroesonthewater.org. And... Uh, they uh, they do outings. They bring out what 
the heroes, the guys who uh, are uh, in need of a little bit of rehabilitation and uh, set up a time for them to get out on the water with the kayaks and all. They usually, it's a very orchestrated event, so you don't just go out there and show up. You need to contact uh, someone from the chapter and volunteer your time. Certainly, your efforts would be uh, accepted, but uh, it all has to be planned out, so make sure you give a call before you show up. That's heroesonthewater.org. All right. And uh, let's see, that's one. Let me uh, go ahead and bring him in. Fortunately, I wore my cravats and my hammer outfit, so I'm uh, appropriately dressed for the show. I, I did. You kind of shuffled across. I, the I had to floor. go back and forth between the smoking jacket and the cravatier and and that, but <laughs> I, I picked the right one tonight, so good to go. Good evening, Mr. Becker. Good evening, Mr. Gibson. How are you, sir? How did the uh, how did the dinner go? Very well, as always. Great, great. Yeah, good to be there to support. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, how's the weather down your way? The weather down my way is beautiful and has been since the weekend. Uh, mm. Mid to upper seventies today was uh, relatively light winds, uh, sunny most of the day, and it's going to be that way all the way through the weekend. So uh, you must not have even walked past a map in the past several days. So, and I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, I I, uh, I talked to our friends over at Cars Park yesterday and uh, talked to them about our impending trip and uh, everything is good to go over there. So uh, it's they do first come, first serve on their areas over there. But they right. She told me, Christina, she said that uh, the weather's been real bad and it's been nasty, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, I'm known as a weather changer, so <laughs> nice. maybe I could start a new trend that way. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so everything's looking good there. And we uh, we had, as well, a very lovely first day of spring here in the ATL. Temps were up uh in the high 60s, low 70s, calling for that this weekend. So maybe get out on the water a little bit, try some sweet water action there. With uh, see if we can't remember how to do uh, some bass fishing or crappie fishing. Were you uh, able to spend any time on the water this past week? Uh, no. Uh, this has been uh, past weekend, and uh, and so far this week has been uh, family commitments, but. I'm I'm trying really hard to get out of going to the beach on Saturday morning. Uh, we got tied up on Sunday with the Air Fest and the big air show here, but uh, there's a, a partial beach day planned for for Sunday morning. That I'm I'm trying to convince them that I would be just as happy to be involved with the water, only on a slightly different level. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. So you're not talking about taking kayaks with you to the beach? <laughs> no, I'm actually talking about being in a different spot in my own kayak while they're having fun at the beach. All right. Kind just of the a, same thing, but a little different. Just a little. Are the are the fish moving out on the beach yet? There. Um, I you know I haven't really heard. I haven't really heard of anybody doing much with with snook or anything out off the beach. Um, I know that the activity back in some of the bigger rivers has been dropping off, so I think uh, I think the bigger snook are moving out of there. 
but uh, whether they're I, I know they're out on the flats, or, but whether they're out on the beaches yet, I just don't know. Hmm. Well, let's hope that they they get out there and coincide hmm. around. Oh, I don't know, probably I don't know, fifteen, eighteen days from now. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on timing that actually. Okay. I've, uh, yeah. And get the science behind that and, and yep. work the bolt. All right. Yep, exactly. Cool. So, well, otherwise, it's been pretty much a pretty quiet. We actually, we had a lot of rain in the beginning of the week, um, rain in the weekends, and it just hasn't been much. The weather, the uh, winter just doesn't want to go away, I think. Um, we did get out. And uh, on last Sunday, it was pretty nice, and we got out on our motorcycles and rode around when the sun peaked out. But uh, it was pretty much just peeking through some sucker holes here and there, and so kind of overcast. But I think the water's still pretty muddy around here from all the runoffs and everything. So I don't know how good it's going to be for, for trying fishing. Yeah, but I know there are some guys, uh, the Georgia Kayak Fishing Group is headed to St. Mark's in the Big Bend region there this weekend to uh, do some fishing. Uh, Brad's shooting coach is actually going down there and spending a couple of days fishing. So they should they should probably be into some good stuff up there. But, nice. Oh, look at that. How, what do we got coming up for the weekend? The weather looks like it's going to be good, and you're going to be uh, trying to get out of going to the beach instead of that. You're going to be looking for maybe doing some scouting, maybe? Uh, actually, that is that is what I was thinking. Is, yeah? Uh, if I need, to, I need to make that trip, so. Okay. And then um, a couple of weeks from now, on the, what is it? Hold on, let me make sure I got the right thing here. It's uh, paddlefishing.com, right? And that that's correct. the uh, kayak for Coop. Cooper Vollmer, he's a two year old boy from Sarasota, recently diagnosed with a brain tumor. And to help out Cooper and his family, paddlefishing.com is going to be sponsoring the kayak for Coop. It's a tournament prize raffle and a kayak raffle. All proceeds go to the Vollmers to help and care for Cooper. Great uh, opportunity to go out and show some support, and the kayak community is certainly one that will do it. So we plan on uh, attending that. Looks pretty good, too. Lots of us. Yeah. I kind of thought that Bill might might call in and give us a rundown on sponsors and things. Send him a note. Did you, uh, did you remind him about that? I did send him an invite, but I I don't know. I haven't I'll noticed if find he, him online. I, I was just looking myself, and I don't see him. I don't see the little green dot there by his name. Where'd he go? Hmm. Said he was on eight minutes ago, but... D's showing some pictures of big old gator trout. We always scroll through the Facebook page here, checking it out. 
Harry Goods. There he is. Uh oh. All right. Um, that would be. Um, let me see. No worries. And I'll send. I'll send Bill a note and see if. Uh, see if we can okay. drag him to give a call. All right. Try that one. Anyways. Right. That's it. Yeah. But. Okay. Oh, right. Here's some. Here's some. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, all right. Um. So. Where's my announcement? My big announcement here about my buddies at Yak Gear. Oh, the uh, the V-Word yeah. announcement from next to down under? That's right. The Vikings yeah, are good. coming. The Vikings are indeed coming. Uh, Yak Gear. Uh, our buddy Bill Bragman is, uh, announced today that uh, they are going to be the United States distributor for Viking Kayaks. It's a New Zealand-based kayak manufacturer. Um, Bill and them are... Uh, They've got some pretty cool stuff, and I'll tell you what, Bill is going to be on the show with us next week. I've invited him to to call in and talk to us about the Viking kayaks and also just kind of let him get a rundown from us on our thoughts and attitudes towards the the kayak cart, (laughs) the uh, sea tug, which I tell you, for spend a couple minutes talking about that tonight but we will we will definitely uh talk with bill about it i'm i'm pretty happy with sea tug yeah Uh, you and me both i think i think it's uh i think they've got it right and i hear they're actually working on uh on a little bit of a new project as well that uh might help folks that are interested in launching from the beach yeah cool um but yeah so that yeah the sea tug is is one of the products that Yak Gear carries and uh, <clears throat> it's uh, and now they're going to be carrying the Viking kayaks um, I don't know too much about the Viking kayaks I know that uh, now we'll probably be seeing more of them with Yak Gear coming in <laughs> I know I saw that uh, the announcement went through uh, Austin Kayak and stuff so it'll be interesting um, some of the uh, some of the models that I've taken a look at because now there's if you just go if you just like Google Viking kayaks you get uh, you get a couple of different locations and um, one of them is the New Zealand and that's the one you want to look at if you're interested and it's uh, there's one in Australia and then there's uh, Viking Kayaks New Zealand, and they've got, I mean, it's kind of some interesting stuff. They look, uh, they got a really uh, interesting looking bow, and Bill was telling me that uh, he had been down, he had just gotten back from New Zealand, he called me the other day and said they were going to make the announcement today, and uh, it's got some interesting stuff, like they got like this tackle pod that fits into the middle of the boat, so like if you're familiar with the ocean kayak and the way it's got the rod pod, 
they've got this thing that fits down inside, uh, and you can pick that up, pull it out, and change it around. But, um, <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, some interesting stuff, and they get custom colors they'll do, and pretty interesting. So look forward to it. Bill actually said he'd be coming through Atlanta and maybe uh, get an opportunity to take one out on the pond and paddle it around and stuff. But uh, they're interesting. I, I think it's cool. You get a bunch of different kayaks, and that's why there's a bunch of different ones around. It gets uh, So, yeah, it says uh, Viking Kayaks, been designing kayaks for New Zealand market for about 15 years. Uh, recent success in New Zealand. Tracking and stability for offshore. They're going to bring the design to the States. Stephen Tapp is uh, New Zealand's uh, experienced kayak angler. And Grant Montague, owner of Viking Kayaks. 28 years of combined experience designing fishing kayaks. Very cool. The Pro Fish Reload, 14.8 feet, 29 inches wide, 64 pounds. That would seem light compared to throwing around a Slayer. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, yeah, exactly. So, and you know, um, I like my Slayer. Yes, you're right with the uh, okay. user. Um, is uh, I, I'm still I like my uh, my Ultimate. I still got my Ocean Kayak. My uh, and I just. I like having different models to paddle and stuff. And actually, every now and then, I like getting out in the uh, the fishing dive. It's, it, yeah, it's a, it paddles well. And I mean, if you're actually if you're going to do a surf launch on a little rough day, that fishing dive can launch through the surf, no problem. Yeah, the fishing had. dive was actually my first uh, my first fishing kayak that I that I started uh, guiding with in New York. I had a pair of them, right? Uh, and kept one of them to bring down here. But that, uh, you know, back down, that was when I started that, that was really the only fishing kayak that was available in New York. Uh, and a Cobra had that out. And they they were pushing some of the other kayaks to play in the other mid-sized boats. Right. But um, that one was really what they were pushing hard as a, as a fishing boat. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a light boat by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, if you think about the fact that it's really meant for uh, one of the functions is folks who are carrying a crap ton of uh, dive gear and getting in and out of the boat with it. Um, it you're you're hard pressed to find a more stable kayak uh, that uh, you know for for fishing or for doing anything with even in the rougher water. Yeah. Um, the only the only thing I didn't I I got after you know I paddled some different kayaks and stuff was the. Uh, the different, you know, the the moldings in the foot area. I think if they'd yeah. just smooth that out, you know, and made it more to where you could stand up, because I mean, once you did got to get to where you could stand up, I mean, that boat was really stable. I mean, it had a real nice those <laughs> hard chines on it, and uh, but it tracked really well. And once you got it moving, it would glide for a while. Yeah. Well, that's just that whole momentum thing. There's yeah. there's so much mass moving it. It takes a lot yeah. to slow it down. Right. I never, you know, everybody's like, you need to put a rudder on it. I, I don't know why. 
once you get it going, man, it takes like full bore paddling on one side to get it turned. So, yeah. But, um, so yeah, so the Viking kayaks are coming. Bill Bragman will be with us next week from yakgear.com, and uh, he'll join us and we'll chat about the Vikings and we'll talk about the uh, the sea tug, I'm sure. Now, that would have been, I, I probably would still be paddling my uh, my uh, fishing dive if I would have had a couple of sea tugs because that would have made the uh, uh, fishing dive a lot nicer boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was not, uh, it was good that it was a plastic boat that, you know, you didn't bother you if you dragged it over a stone or an oyster or two because you really didn't have much choice. Dude, I drug it through parking lots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I have uh, one of those little uh, artificial grass front doormats that I would uh, I would put the grass side down, and I would put the aft end of the boat on that, and then drag it across the parking lot using that as kind of like a uh, a friction reducer. But every once in a while, if it slipped off, I generally once I got it moving, I didn't stop to readjust. So I would, I would keep yeah. going until I got to where I was where I was headed. Just put your head down and pull. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're familiar with the pose, I, I understand. That's it, man. That's it. So. Yeah, I had, uh, I think I mentioned I had a, uh, a Viking when I first moved to Florida three years ago. Uh, I didn't bring my kayaks with me from New York. They came down in the main move. I came down several months ahead of the family. So when I got down here, I was looking for something to just get out on the water with, and a guy had one of the early, one of the first Viking kayaks. It turns out that were here in the states uh-huh. um, back in in an early conversation, and I, I bought it from him and, uh, and fished with it. Uh, it was an interestingly designed boat. Again, it was not light, but I understand that they've made a lot of changes, a lot of design changes. They've kept the good things, uh, like you mentioned, the bow on the on the boat I had. Uh, you know, surf was not an issue because it cut anything. It was a very well-designed, real good entry. Um, right. A couple other things about the boat I wasn't a big fan of, but I understand that they've addressed those in the new series of boats, and especially the new Angler series of boats are really supposed to be quite the thing. So, Yeah. Now, I mean, I'm looking at the pictures that uh, they pushed on their, web, on their Facebook page, um, and... I think if there was somebody sitting in those boats, because they, they, I don't know, it's kind of hard to tell if those are, I think those are the uh, sit-on-tops, but it would probably sit down a little bit more, and then you'd have a little better uh, stability. But they're sitting pretty high in the water right now, or in this picture. But they, they look good. I mean, it's got a, it's got a, uh, it's solid up over the bow, and uh, just some straps. Kind of looks like a touring kayak. It's kind of a pretty kayak, really. Um, so, but there are no perfect kayaks, you know. I mean, there's not a perfect kayak for the perfect. You know, I uh, I wish that I could have uh, a big old barn in the backyard with just racks of <laughs> kayaks in it. Yeah. You know, so I could just pick which one. You know, it's like golfing. You know, I I, yeah. I never had to carry around a bag of kayaks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, wind's picking up. I got to switch. That's right. That's right. I need. Let me get the. Uh, uh, need to get the one that'll work in the wind. But 
I'm going to put the paddles on. Now I'm going to put the pedals on. So, anyways, no, that it'll be fun. Have Bill on the show, and we can uh, make sure we chat about it. But uh, and again, we will the the sea tug. I, I don't know how I lived without one of those. I have a big pile of old dead kayak carts in the backyard, and I'm I'm. Glad to say that the sea tug is not going to be joining that. It's going to stay. Uh, we've got a listener. Yeah, I still home. can't get in, by the way. So you can't get in. Nope. What? Don't you yep. don't know why, huh? I don't know. Maybe you're not holding your mouth right. Um, it could be that. So. Uh, I would, yeah, okay. So, a R.K. Cole Jr. has joined us in the chat room, and yeah, there's nobody else on the board here. So, but yeah, so let's see. Let's go into the tech room for a bit. How's that, huh? Go tech. Open the door here. Watch your head. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that was not fun last week. The hydraulics kind of moving around. There you go. So. Tech talk. And and then you know, our 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 trucks guy, right? Our tech trucks, our tool trucks, mat trucks, yak chum. He said, you know, I say, hey, man, could be on the show tonight. Because he posted some really nice pictures of the mountain he did on his uh, on one of his Jacksons with a, uh, a DSI or uh, the HD5, I guess, the Lowrance unit. Mm-hmm. Put it mounted on his Jackson. Nice job. And I, I was going to let him talk about it, you know, because there were some interesting things. And I, I'm, I'm still not to the point yet where I think in Tech Talk we're going to talk about, you know, specific. We're, we're still on electronics, and we're going to run. We're going to run with that for a couple more weeks. I think we can. Maybe next week we'll interrupt it for some talk about kayak carts and gear like that with with Bill. But uh, one of the things about electronics is to move electricity because a couple of weeks ago we talked about batteries the last week we kind of started talking about the bottom machine you know what it does sonar and this week it's it's all about putting the two together and when you do that you use wire and there's some stuff some things about wire as far as gauge which is about the thickness or how heavy the wire is and trans, you know, getting the the battery power to your unit, and then getting the information from the transducer. We talked about that last week to the to the machine. And these wires now you got to run them all around your boat, right? So unless you're going to use something like uh, the latest uh, and greatest from Yak Attack with the cell block, which is a piece of gear that it's like a little box that you can put your battery in and then you mount your bottom machine your fish finder your gps unit 
on top of that, and then it has a, an extension arm, kind of a flexible arm with the transducer on it that goes over the side of your boat. And that to get that to happen, you're going to have some track uh, on the side of your boat. And a lot of the new boats have a, a mounting, a track mounting on the side of them. But that's not going to work for everybody, right? I mean, on a fishing dive, where would you have done the uh, cell block? Yeah, I don't know, actually. I mean, think about that. You would have had to add track or, or a different way to do it, but, yeah, that would have been a little tough the way the, the gunnels on that were shaped. Yeah, so, I mean, but you had a real great spot in the in the, middle, in the center of the boat, you know, where there's, you've got your, you had a big hatch in the middle of the boat. Some boats uh, have kind of a ridge there along the line or something that you could put some screws in and mount the thing up, you know, just like you would on your bass boat. And you got to drill holes to run lines through. What do you do for that? Got any suggestions, Mr. Becker, on how we run wires through our boat? I know this is like well, a surprise to you. I didn't have a chance to talk to you today. Go, hey, Tech Talk tonight, we're going to talk about running wires in your boat. <laughs> cool. um, well, there's there's the two issues that I've encountered, and uh, as part of that, the first issue is you know getting the wire from one place to another and what kind of wires to use, mm-hmm. uh, and the second is how do you make the connections, uh, especially if you're working in salt water, how do you make the connections so that they're going to last and not corrode and, and cause issues for you? Um, as you said, wire is is rated by gauge, and that becomes important not because you know you need to know how big the hole needs to be, although that's important. But the heavier wire the wire is, the more current it will carry. So the more the more energy your device uses, the bigger wire you need to to get the power, get the juice, if you will, from the battery to your to your thing. Like the bigger diameter hose carries more water, bigger diameter wire carries more current. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that it does is longer runs of wire um, can actually, to put it very simply, can suck up some of your juice and make it so that it's, it doesn't have as much voltage or it's not enough to drive your unit. So if you have very long runs of smaller diameter wire, it can actually make your unit not work well because it'll be underpowered. So you want to make sure that when you're making those selections, you're using the manufacturer's recommended gauge of wire for the distance you have to run. You can always go bigger. Try not to go smaller, because if you go smaller, you have to, you can run into to issues there. So um, bigger wire is better. You don't need the you know the big zero gauge uh, thumper wire that they used for the uh, you know 500 watt subwoofer amplifiers in the trunks of the cars, but uh, you're you're generally looking at 14 to 16, maybe 12 gauge wire if you have really long runs with a lot of power, a lot of power draw. Yeah, and um, it would be just like with the, uh, you know, like using an extension cord for exactly, exactly. A, a piece of gear. If you didn't have a heavy-duty enough one, you would notice that shortly after plugging in everything that that extension cord would get warm. So you're losing right. some of that energy right. through that light gauge wire. Yeah, and the reason it's warm is because it's turning that energy into heat instead of... Uh, you know, instead of powering your unit, yeah, exactly. And if you notice, just the, the camping thing, that's why I always carry that uh, that 50 foot 10 gauge extension cord when we're going camping, even even though we're running little stuff inside the, you know, inside the tent, just to avoid the voltage drop issues. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. So part of that, 
um, talking about using the wire to get the power there, not where to run the wire. Part of the every time you make a connection in wire, you have the potential to increase what's called the resistance. It's like pinching the hose when the water is going through. It makes it harder for the water to go through. Uh, makes it harder for the current to get through the wire. So every time you make a connection, you have the potential to increase that and then cause issues like we talked about before, small gauge wire pinching off the current and not powering your unit well. Ways to do that are instead of using crimp connectors, whenever you can, solder your connections. Um, if you don't know how to solder, ask somebody to teach you. Soldering is basically taking, uh, taking a hot-ended soldering iron, or in some cases a soldering gun, and using a little piece of meltable metal that, uh, that melts into the wire to attach the two pieces of wire together and creates a very low-resistance connection. Um, crimp connections are okay, um, but no matter what type of connection you use, you should definitely waterproof it in some way. Um, fresh water, salt water, doesn't matter. Lots of different ways to waterproof. Um, you can use what's called heat shrink tubing. Heat shrink is a plastic tubing. It looks like a little straw. comes in a bunch of different sizes. Um, you cut a piece to a little bit longer than the length you're going to need to cover the bare wire. Make sure you slip it over one of the wires first. Take it from somebody who's cut up a bunch of connections because they forgot the shrink tubing. Um, you slip it over one of the wires, make your connection, slide this straw back over the two bare wires that are connected, and then you heat it with either a blow dryer or a heat gun. Um, if you use open flame, uh, you've got to be careful because it'll melt. But you use open flame, and it shrinks down like those, uh, those old uh, shrinky-dink things you used to make in the, uh, in the oven. Uh, no, not shrinky-dinks, man. Shrinky-dinks, yep, exactly the type of thing. So the plastic actually shrinks up and seals around the wire to keep the moisture and water out. Um, there are tape products that you can use for that. Some of them stretch and self-seal. Um, or you can use, um, the older ones weren't very good for it, but the newer quality um, liquid electrical tapes are, are really quite good and they hold up fairly well. They'll flex where the old ones used to crack quite easily. But make sure you try and waterproof the connections the best you can. And that's every connection you make, but it be it to the fuse holder, be it your connection to the battery, um, you know, waterproof as much as you can and try and keep... Uh, keep the water out, because as you know from every unprotected steel thing you've ever had on your boat, uh, long enough in fresh water and certainly walking past salt water, the next time you come past, you'll start to have a little film or rust on there, and the corrosion will build very quickly. <clears throat> yes, because as we all know, or if, you, if you're not sure you know, uh, rust is an oxidation of metals, and where... It can be caused by an electrolytic process of dissimilar metals. Uh, electricity is basically the same thing. It's an electrolytic process, and the metals will add, add a little salt, and you get that uh, sodium chloride in there and starts that electrolytic process, and iron oxide just forms everywhere, or aluminum oxide or whatever the metal is that you have used uh, in your connectors. They do right. that... And Go ahead. I just want to say, with insulated wire, um, even though you may look like you'll have a tiny little spot of corrosion right at the end of the bare wire where you cut the insulation back to make the connection, uh -huh. that, that corrosion and that water will actually wick up into the wire, especially if you're not using solid wire, if you're using stranded wire. 
the moisture and that corrosion will wick up inside there, just like dipping a shoelace into a piece of water or a candle wick uh, into wax. And it sucks right up that wire, and you'll have corrosion far further back under the insulation than you can imagine. Oh, you yeah. Can, you know, you can pull the wiring harness, and it'll come apart in your hand. And I have, uh, I remember we were having some problems with the it, what we thought was the starter on a boat when I had the power boat and uh, got in there, started looking at the, you know, first thing, you know, pull out Chilton's, got to disconnect the uh, negative battery cable, but started looking at the power, you know, running into trouble. I noticed a little bit of corrosion and boy, I started peeling back the insulation around the, the battery cables and man, it was just, I think it was probably a good eight to 10 inches up inside of the cables that the corrosion had worked its way back up in there. And uh, so, yeah, uh, there's also, you can get it at your local um, boat or marina store, whatever, or just go down to Advanced Auto Parts or Riley's, whatever, Riley's, and uh, get electrolytic grease. I like to put that on my connections on my battery and stuff. Just work that on there, and that works out, so... But you agree with that? I do, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, treating any kind of exposed, uh, you know, connections. It's a little challenging if you've got connections that you're constantly hooking and unhooking, hooking and unhooking, um, like spade connectors on uh, the batteries that we talked about a couple of weeks ago for powering uh, your electronics. Right. But it doesn't hurt to every time you, you know, you take it home, smear a little bit on there. It'll help uh, stop whatever corrosion might be starting. And the next time you make the connection with the spade lug connectors, it'll push a little bit up in there and help protect that as well. Right. Absolutely. Um, so now, so we've got, I don't, I don't remember if you mentioned, but gauges on wire. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm using, if I see a 20-gauge wire or a 12-gauge wire, which one is the bigger wire? It's, uh, it's the opposite of what you would think. The bigger the number, the smaller the wire. So 20-gauge wire uh, is actually fairly tiny. That's more like uh, the speaker wire you might use or uh, the wire that might have been used to run your telephone lines, where 12-gauge wire is, uh, a, more, is a heavier uh, gauge. It's a heavier wire, more thickness. If it's stranded wire, there are more strands. And that, that wire is heavy enough that it's used in... Uh, household electrical wiring in your car, uh, a lot of different places. But, yep, the bigger the number, the smaller the wire. So it's uh, it's counterintuitive. Like shotguns. Exactly like shotguns. Except the 410 is a board, not a gauge. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so, so we've talked about the battery. We've talked about some wires and gauges and stuff like that. What do I, what do I need to do when... I drill a hole in my boat and I just stick the wire through it and goop up some silicone around it or that's not pretty but it might work, right? It might work. It might work for a while. A couple issues to think about is that anytime you put a wire through a surface, um, the edge of the wire, the insulation is gonna is gonna chafe and is gonna rub on the edges that you that you've made. So if you're in a plastic boat, uh, you know, uh you can get away with uh, smoothing off the edges, 
and then putting the wire through and using silicone. If you're using a fiberglass boat or if you're running through metal panels, you always want to use some type of uh, what's called a grommet. Uh, it's a little rubber or plastic pass-through that basically protects the wire from the sharp edges and from rubbing uh, on whatever the edges are that you've got to run through. And it doesn't even have to be flexible, uh, move back and forth through there. You might say the wire is going to stay in place. I'm not going to pull the bottom machine or whatever in and out. That wire is not going to move. But merely the vibration of the vote and the vibration of the wires will will eventually rub through the uh, through the insulation and can cause shorts, which cause things like fires. Yes. And you don't want a fire in your little plastic boat. It will melt. Not more than once. Right. Um, we won't talk about the, you know, cooking hot dogs out in the middle. No. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so a grommet through-hole connector, that's what they're called. If you see, yep. and if, you're, if you're looking at uh, yakangler.com or Yak Gear or some blogger online is, who's posted some points about how to do this. And actually, I don't know if you saw this, but um, Ram Mounts is actually coming out with a new uh, through-hole. It's not really a through-hole, but it's a, it's a mount that you can have your through-hole underneath. And you can run your wires out underneath your mount for your, okay. like your fish finder or something like that. And it should be out. I think it looked like they were going to be starting to ship that uh, the end of April. So, so kind of the idea behind talking about this, this tech talk kind of thing that we started here on Kayak Fishing Radio was about, you know, so you see, well, what is that thing? You know, so it's a, it's a through-hole mount, T-H-R-U, hull, H-U-L-L, through-hole mount. And if you went into your boat shop and you said, hey, I need a through-haul, the guy would know right where to take you. <laughs> yeah. So. <clears throat> Did I lose you? Nope, still here. Oh, you're still there. Okay, yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, the, the through-hauls are key. And um, also... When do I just leave all of that line just laying willy-nilly and sloshing around in the bottom of my kayak, or should you coil it up? What's your take on that? Yeah, the way you say that kind of answers the question, doesn't it? Um, Neatness is always good in wiring. Uh, You can leave it around. It'll probably work. It'll probably continue to work, but you're much better off. First of all, your power leads, I know we talked for, if you heard the tech talk when we were talking about transducers and how sonar works, we talked about the fact that you really don't want to cut down the length of cable or wire that connects the transducer to your sonar unit or to the connector that plugs into your sonar unit, your bottom machine. Right. Lots of reasons for that, but you don't want to cut that back. Your power leads, on the other hand, you really want to try and make as short as is practical, not as short as possible. You don't want them you know, banjo string tight but you want to try and keep the length down. Again, the longer the wire, the more the voltage drops, the more you have potential for problems. So you want to make those wires as short as you can. So you really shouldn't have a whole lot of excess power cord or power cable um, anywhere to, to deal with. If for whatever reason, you know, it's a temporary mount or you're, you want to try it out in this boat and you just want to, you know, you want to, don't want to cut down the power cable, fine, no issue. 
just try to keep it neat and try to keep it out of the way. So you're not going to be, nothing's going to be rubbing on it. You're not going to be moving it constantly. You're not going to be doing anything that might cause that cable to rub or break down or, or possibly break a wire inside the, uh, inside the cable. Right. Okay, cool. So I like to, uh, use a tie wrap, you know, and strap it up. And sometimes I actually kind of hang it up underneath if I got a, you know, where the uh, scupper mounts will go through a boat or something like that. I'll try to uh, get it to where the the cords will be up off the bottom so they won't be sitting in the bilge uh, attracting attention. (laughs) Exactly. Uh Uh-oh. I think the Skype monster got you. Um, still here? One, two, three? Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So, um, all right. So that that's that's good. You know, we uh, what else what else would you need? If have we thought about? So we talked about little spade connectors. There's all the there's a, you know if you just go spend some time in the hardware store around electrical connectors. Looking at the wire, uh, you know that you're looking for a through hole. If you got to put a hole through the through the boat somewhere, and uh, always try to make sure that you do that so that it's uh, in a place that's not going to get kicked by your foot or something like that. But through holes, the gauge of wire, the connectors, soldering versus just twisting it together and putting a wire nut on it. Um, <laughs> and I, I think the, that. <laughs> go ahead. If you fill the wire nut full of silicone, it might not be okay. it might not be too bad, but um. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And and the nice thing about all these things that we're talking about is that YouTube for today is what Popular Mechanics and the Do It Yourself Encyclopedia 32 volume set used to be. Well, let's just say a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, if you go to YouTube and you type in soldering, they'll teach you how to solder. I'll show you. If you if you type in spade lug connector, if you type in crimp connectors, go in and start looking at those things, looking at the terms that you're thinking and the processes you're thinking about doing, and I guarantee you will find more information than you can digest. Yes. And certainly spend more time in front of the computer watching YouTube uh than you really want to, but yeah, there's there's plenty of that stuff. But but that's kind of that's kind of the gig, you know, we you got your battery You've got your unit, some way to mount it, and actually, that was something. Uh, you know, with a with the the base unit, like when you you got that unit, what kind of mounting system came with it? You know, just the stock stuff out of the box. Was it the stock pretty... out of the box stuff was just a? Uh, you're talking about just the physical mount to mount it to the yeah. hole. Yeah, right. Uh, it was just a four screw, a standard four screw mount that you would drill, drill four holes, mount the base, and then snap the unit in. Right. And that's not really ideal for a kayak. No, there are no. there are so many different. Uh, you know, again, we've been talking about two of our uh, two of our, our good friends who make uh, and out both make outstanding series of products or have outstanding series of products. Yak Gear and Yak Attack both make a bunch of different um, adapters to so you can track mount, you can side mount, scupper mount, up mount, down mount, in and out mount, tube mount, rail mount. 
you know, just about any way you can think of that you might want to mount a piece of electronic gear on your boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an adapter and uh, and you know, a good way to do it that's that's commercially available if you're you're not a DIY self fabricator. Right. So yeah, and then also to throw in two more names, Scotty and yep. Ram, R A M, right. Ram mounts. Uh, Ram has been in the business quite a long time, um, and and when when you figure out where they're at, Scotty uh, and Ram on the on the internet, uh, you'll see more more stuff than than you care to spend your lunch money on because uh, you can have all different kinds, but. Uh, the typical mount that comes with a fish finder, that kind of electronics, it's not really ideal for a kayak because, number one, you're typically not going to leave your, your machine on your kayak because most of us turn them upside down and throw them on a rack, you know, strap it down, and it's probably not a good idea for your bottom machine to be hang, hanging there like that. Plus, it draws attention, and uh, bad guys know how to cut wires and run off with your stuff so but um so yeah so some kind of amount and like you said there's just so many different kinds as many kinds of kayaks there are there's just many different kinds of mounts on how you would put it now i would suggest that from experience i'm sure both of us have this kind of experience when you go to mount things on a kayak one of the biggest things that you need to consider, whether it's a pedal kayak or a paddle kayak or a pulling mm-hmm. kayak, is where those pedals move and where your paddle moves. Because I know from uh, actually, I didn't have, I didn't mount a fish finder, but I did mount one of those uh, those little tie down blocks. What do they call those things? A little squiggle block that you run your line through for your anchor oh, mount. Oh, zigzag cleat. Yeah, the zigzag cleat. I did mount one of those right next to my hip. I thought, this would be real nice. I'd just reach over, grab my anchor line, stick it on there. But you know how many times it took before I pulled that thing off of there? I busted my knuckle on that thing twice, and that was enough to tell me that I mounted it too far forward. <laughs> so yep. think about where your paddle swing is. Uh, us with the, uh, if you've got a pedal boat, either a Hobie or a, or a, a, a propel-based boat, you know, uh, you got to look at that. Think about it. Think about when you put your your drive unit in the boat and where the the range of motion for that unit is, and keep the stuff out of the way, right? Right, and, and along that is not only that it's out of the way, but that you can actually use it the way you think you can. Um, you know, there are a couple of spots that I've seen I've, on the kayak I have now and other kayaks I've had. And I thought, you know, that would be the perfect place to mount this, whatever this is. <laughs> and then, um, you know, fortunately, I had I had good advice a long time ago on how to cut down on the dang it factor. And that's you know, <laughs> what you get when you mount something and then you sit down in the boat in the water and say, dang it, because you realize you can't use it. Yeah. Um, I, sit down, I put the boat out on the lawn, sit down in it, and then hold whatever it is where I think I want it. Um, and I've, I've found myself, you know, a couple times there were pl- places I was going to mount things that I just would not be able to reach them or it would not have been practical or I would have had to twist so far or lean so far or reach so far that it wasn't really practical. So fortunately, I found that out in the front yard rather than uh, rather than out on the water with the first, uh, you know, the, the burn-in. Yeah. Yeah, because it could look cool right up there on the front, on the bow of your 
of your uh, pro angler or your fish and dive or something like that. But when you're in the boat, it's not really easy to get to unless you're used to reaching past your toes all the time. (laughs) It's a long ways away. (laughs) That's right. All right. So that was uh, kind of... I think we've got one more that I want to talk about on electronics because it's kind of new and I see people doing it and next week we're going to talk about lights. Very good. Because Bill's going to be with us and Bill at Yak Gear, they have a light package and I think it's kind of some neat stuff. Uh, so we'll, we'll invite Bill to join us here in the tech room. All right. So that was Tech Talk. Do a little outro here. See, there it comes. We're just like professional. Yeah, really. You know, I got the air gun going. Yeah. I need to make some hammering noises too, man. But the the air wrench is good. All right. That would be tech talk. All right. Well, we're at the top of the hour, so I hope you're going to get to an opportunity to do some scouting. Uh, it is uh, it is a goal. Okay. And if not, then you'll be at the beach and you'll be scouting there too. <laughs> exactly. I'll I'll be I'll, I'll bring binoculars and if, if I do wind up on the beach, I can guarantee you that I'm going to bring uh, I'm going to bring the seven foot nine bull bay and a couple packs full of uh, <laughs> full of DLA airheads. Some and, airheads. Uh, Yep, and and see if I can find something, uh, you know, maybe a, maybe a big topwater plug too. See if I can irritate some swimmers. So, just throw it right out there in the middle of them, man. That's it. See how quickly they can move away from those trebles. That's so, it. All right. <laughs> and I think uh, I'm probably going to try to hit the water on Sunday with Tommy from Tommy Head Jigs, and uh, we'll see if we can't uh, come up with something. So. Maybe it'll be his pond instead of mine where he I think his pond has more fish in it, so we might be able to do something there. Alright, well other than that, it's been another uh, interesting Thursday night. We want everybody to uh tune in. Uh start off your week with uh kayak uh, fishing radio with uh Chuck, Redfish Chuck out of Titusville, Florida. Uh, he does the Monday night kickoff show Tuesday nights with Jaron Wozel out of Texas, Yak Fishing Texas on Kayak Fishing Radio, and that one comes on at nine Eastern. It's eight Central, uh, but uh, Jaron has got some good stuff going on over there. Jim Dolan joined him this past Tuesday. It was a pretty interesting show. Uh, Wednesday night we have the low sodium feature, and that's with. Uh, our buddy uh, Mark Landing Crew Wheeler, and congrats to Mark. He just uh, won a bass tournament, so was nice. able to pull that one out. Yeah, so pretty good leaderboard there. And uh, then we'll be back here on Thursday, and we'll do some more tech talk and uh, just general buzzard row stuff. Thanks, Greg, and uh, thank you guys for listening out there. We'll see you next time. <laughs>